Hey, you wanna, um... <laughs> now it's forced. I fucked it up. I where, fucked where? up. No, I fucked up this beginning because I'm all like... I was about to go, hey, you want to uh, start a podcast or something? <laughs> and it'll be like the worst real intro. Well, we can just pick it up. We can just start now. Let's just start now, and then we'll just talk about it because we haven't podcasted in like a million years. So I think taking one episode to slowly ramp back up would be totally fine. Yeah. So we are uh, gonna make podcasts again, you and I. We are doing. Or I think we're doing it right now. Oh, here it is. This is that's a, weird. It just started. <laughs> it's the So Video Games Podcast, and welcome. Welcome, folks. This is the unofficial, well, official, unofficial, one hundred sixty eighth episode. This is where we usually do the intro and all the official stuff, but. We have not recorded for a minute, and I've been away, and the city's under quarantine, and there's a pandemic happening, so things are a little bit loosey-goosey right now. So I think we're going to just start off by talking. What do you say, Carlos? Yeah, just about the world being upside down, uh, kind of crazy, but also weirdly normal, too. It's just it's such a weird time to be in. You, you walk outside, and you're like, well, yeah, I can go outside, but not really, and I have to be careful. So it's a messed up time. Uh, thoughts to everybody out there yeah, dealing yeah. with it. Well, let's set the stage because I mean, maybe people are listening to this in the future, 10 years from now, or who knows why. This is March 17th, 2020. And if you Google that date on your in your Google calendar <laughs> or your machine or whatever. No, it's just so in their eye. They're just going to tap their, oh, their that's forehead. Blink yeah, your yeah, eye yeah. twice and yeah. do your search. That's right. In the future. I forgot about that. Cybernetics, y'all. Yep. Uh, but right now we are in the middle of the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic hitting uh, the country. And we are in Washington and Seattle is kind of like ground zero for this, unfortunately. How do we draw the short straw on that one? I don't know. I, I know New York's getting hit hard now, too. But I, again, I don't want to. Um, I know that I personally am like listening to a ton of podcasts to escape all of the craziness. Absolutely. But for, Absolutely. for our future listeners, just know that we're dealing with, um, and I'll say this out loud, even though I don't believe it to be real, a pandemic. And uh, you don't believe it's real? What do you mean? No, no, no. I mean, like, it's just hard to say it out loud, you know, and be like, oh, okay. I was like, oh my God, don't tell me you think this is a hoax, dude. No, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> no, just, you know, we've got to uh, admit it to ourselves and be like, we're dealing with something that's not going to be gone in like a couple of days, uh, maybe months or maybe even longer. We don't know. But um, can, we, can, we, can we just pause for a minute? It, it, is, it is March. It is March 2020, and this year is already fucking bananas off the rails dude i can't I know. even believe it i thought it was gonna be better than 2019 <laughs> but it's like definitely worse oh my god you know if i was a believer in the end times i might think it was the end times i'm not though i, I don't think it is the end times but boy i bet there's a bunch of really religious people somewhere who are like here's the signs it's happening oh well there yeah there's definitely videos that you, i can show you well here's the thing though without and then we can leave it because i was trying yeah, yeah, yeah. i was trying to preface it that like i'm, I'm watching a lot of stuff i'm listening to a lot of stuff but the minute it just talks about virus stuff, I go fast forward. So you might have already Absolutely. fast forwarded past what we're talking about. But we're also real people and this is really happening to us. But yeah, I think that on it basically goes from day to day. Like one day I'm very optimistic about it. And there's just, you know, uh, low chances of people getting really, really sick and uh, who it affects and, you know, people with pre-existing conditions and older people. But then the other day, next day I'm like, well, even if it was just that, it's still changing our lives totally, messing with the economy, people, you know, out of work. Um, I'm very lucky to be working at home. Uh, a lot of people can't. So Absolutely. A lot of people having some real tough times out there, for sure. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I want to be optimistic, but then I get sad for other people, but then also just, you know, worried again. So it's just up and down time. So this is an up and down episode. One more thing before we leave this topic. Are you are you quarantined at home? Are you still going to work or what are you doing? Cuz oh, I don't know. I am quarantined. My wife is working remotely. I am I am a stay-at-home dad as people know who listen to the show. We went we went to the grocery store once cuz we had no food and we walked around the block just to get a little fresh air. Other than that, we've basically been inside the house for like the last 3 or 4 days. What about you? Yeah, so Friday, last Friday we all determined at work or last Thursday. We all determined at work the writing was on the wall, so everybody uh, go home and don't come back for a while. And so my buddy helped me bring my work computer home, and that's what I'm uh, using here at, at my apartment. And then, yeah, we've been working from home since then, so that's, what, five, five days or something. And then on top of that, I went out to the grocery store twice to kind of stock up. 
Um, I basically do like a little hike and walk because uh, I like getting out and getting the sun. So keeping my distance from people, but getting to the supermarket and getting some stuff and coming back. But then other than that, I don't leave. It's just the it's just for the food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same same basic here. And I think pretty much everybody in town is kind of doing that same thing. So on the upside of that, I don't know about you, but I have a backlog that will last me to infinity and back. So I'm not going to run out of games anytime soon. Dude, we have games, we have shows. I have a library of books. Oh my god, I got so, books. I got board games I have bought and never even opened. I've got, I got so many shows. I, I keep them on what I call my retirement list, which I'm not even really planning to even get to them until I retire. And I've got to start chipping some of those away now. I got nice. so much stuff to do. I'm very grateful that I've got a house. I'm very grateful my wife still has a job. I'm very grateful I got food to eat. I know a lot of people are having a rough time, um, but we are, are very fortunate for what we have. And I guess you know we're gonna just hunker down, hopefully get through this. Hopefully somebody will come up with a vaccine pretty soon, and you know we'll see where we go. Yeah, I'm again on my optimistic optimistic days. I really think we're a uh, again for the future people watching or listening um, in the future. I think we're doing a very good job. Like, yeah, it was we were caught off guard, but every human being I know is okay. Well, I there's definitely some young people who are doing some crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, people are doing stupid stuff. There's some stupid right. people out but there. But there's just a ton of people, including like my whole town, because I can see my whole town. It's a small town. We're at literally, <laughs> literally ground zero. I'm in Kirkland. Yeah, so, you are ground zero, dude. Literal, um, literal ground zero. And you know what's really... Okay, now we'll say one more thing about it. Uh, okay. okay, sure. The optimistic thing I was going to end with, which is... You know, people are doing a fantastic job with washing hands, sanitizing, yeah, not yeah. not going outside, like literally just shutting down Absolutely. every single thing. So for that point, I think that we're doing a really cool job to blunt the curve, is it what they say? And I think that we'll have a lot less people getting sick or dying. Um, so that's cool. But secondly, it's really disturbing because I work at home now and right outside my window is the main street for Kirkland. OK. Mm-hmm. And. Every day for a while until probably like five o'clock, I think they just stopped. A truck drives by spraying the ground. With what? That's not. I don't know, but it's obviously something to do it's with like a this. black government truck with no plates. No, it's just like a regular truck that's like you know, work co or something, and it's just spraying and like scrubbing the ground, and that really just puts me on. With unease. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, what are they doing? I need to stop him and ask well, him. Well, okay, okay. So that's weird. You're getting sprayed with some kind of weird testing chemical zombie apocalypse. No, it's maybe probably just on your bleach. Horizon. It's Who probably knows? just bleach. They're probably bleaching the streets. <laughs> okay, let's let's pretend it's bleach. We'll see how that goes. And then, <laughs> oh man, now I'm more nervous. On the plus side, I do. Before we leave this topic, I do want to give a shout out. To all of the people who are still working in the middle of this. Shout out to the people who are keeping groceries on the grocery store shelves. Shout out to the doctors and nurses who are literally working with this stuff every day and yeah. risking their own personal health. You know, shout out to all the people who are keeping the utilities going. Everybody who is keeping society running in the middle of all this stuff where we are not supposed to leave our houses and not supposed to see each other in person. Props to all those people who are fighting the good fight and keeping the rest of us going. So shout out to all those folks. Hundred percent, and also shout out to the my local Starbucks who's still making mochas, and I can every once in a while I'll go get one. <laughs> shout out to the Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. I'm sure people are like, "Oh my God, this is already depressing enough." Let's get to the game. Oh no, no, they skipped this. Just so you know, okay, let's be well, clear. Yeah, ten minutes in, you can put it in the notes, I'll but you don't do notes. I don't do notes. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I'll do it this time. Who knows? Maybe I, I okay. won't do it. I won't do it. Okay. Um, all right, folks, welcome. If you missed the first 10 minutes of this episode, <laughs> welcome. We, this is the 168th episode of the So Video Games Podcast. It's March 17th, 2020. I am Brad Galloway. I'm here with Carlos Rodella. That's me. And we are about to talk about some games. Um, it's kind of a weird show because I just got back from like this weird 10-day trip, and I'm really out of my element, kind of struggling to get back in the groove. We're also in the middle of like having our schedules upended, but that's not going to stop us. We are going to talk about some games like crazy. Um, we're going to have a short show today because I think we each have some personal commitments outside of this, but you can look forward to us getting back on track very soon. Um, before we get into the actual games, Carlos, I actually have a number of things to talk about. Uh, like I, Not necessarily housekeeping, more like odds and ends. Do you have any housekeeping or odds and ends by any chance? Uh, I have none. I have zero. Okay, let me just launch into these real quick. So um, I know there's probably a lot of people out there who are like us, kind of self-quarantined, and they're staying at home, got a lot of free time on your hands. 
Um, there's a lot of stuff going out. A lot of developers are putting games out. A lot of uh, services are making their, their stuff free. So I want to just collect a couple of these and give them uh, some airtime here on the show. First off, the demo for Fantasy Star Online 2 is now free and available on Xbox One. If you have an Xbox One, people have been looking forward to PSO2 for a long time. I, I wasn't sure it was ever going to make it here, but it's finally out. I have not played it yet, but I did download it. I will play it later, like as soon as I get off the show. But that's available for you if you've got an Xbox One. Also, Ubisoft has made Assassin's Creed Odyssey free on any oh, platform. so cool of them to do that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Whatever platform you want to play it on, it's free there. From March 19th through the 22nd, they're giving you like a little three-day taste of that game if you want. That'll, I mean, you could play that game for literally 72 hours straight and uh, get a real good experience out of that. Um, there's also, I don't know if you like, do you like horror, Carlos? Horror movies? Yes, cer- certain horror, yeah. I, I like certain horror as well. I'm not all of it, but I like a lot of it. And Shudder, the horror-dedicated, um, you know, boutique channel, which you can, you know, de- there's an app for it. You can get on your phone, get it on iTunes or uh, uh, Android, whatever. Um, Shudder is making their channel free for a full 30 days if you want to try Shudder, which I'm actually, honestly, like, no shit. I've been wanting to subscribe to this for a while, but I've got so many subscriptions. I just didn't want to have one more, so I keep putting it off, putting it off. But uh, I really wanted to try it because I do like watching a lot of horror and my son likes it too. So if you put in the code shut in S-H-U-T-I-N with no spaces, you can get Shutter free for a full 30 days. That's awfully generous of those people. So uh, there's that. Wait, wait, say that real quick. Um, I'm going to do it. So thanks you for telling me. Uh, that's really cool because I have also, also been on the fence with that for a while. And it reminds me of my friend's podcast, which I've never talked about on the show. It's called The Grave Plot Podcast. Mm. And, and I've been on it many times and they're awesome and they go through everything horror. So like any horror news and then they do reviews of movies. It's so cool. What is the name of that podcast again? It's called The Grave Plot Podcast. All right. I'm going to try it. I'm going to write that down because that sounds like something that I would like to listen to. I've heard I you know, mention I it before. I know. I can't believe. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just keep forgetting. I can't keep a thought in my head more than two seconds. If I don't write it down immediately, I've forgotten it, which is probably why I never do notes for the show. But It's fine. I feel like that I should have mentioned it a long time ago. And I, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But Grave Plot Podcast. And also, yeah, they would probably be really psyched about Shutter. So I'll tell right. them after this. So there is that. Once again, the code is S-H-U-T-I-N. Get your 30 free days. Try that out. Um, so those are the, the free things that I picked up on the way to record the show. Also, I want to give... A quick shout out to listener Paul Smith, who wrote in with a very nice comment about The Last of Us, had a question about that. So thank you for uh, the email, Paul Smith, and thank you for listening. Also, we do have some questions from longtime listeners, Joshua Jackson and also uh, Jeroen in Germany. They both wrote in with some questions for us. Um, Unfortunately, we are still a little bit too scattered. I don't think we're going to get to those questions this week, but I have them written down. I think maybe we're going to do it next week. Um, I don't think I've even told Carlos what the questions are yet because I have... uh, I do not have my shit together right now, but we have not forgotten. We will get to these questions in the future. So thank you both for listening. Thank you both for being super fans. Thank you for the questions. And we will get to those. You are, you are not forgotten. So totally. And I would say that, um, I have an idea that's brewing that I'll tell you at the end of this podcast Okay, All right. about how we might do maybe some short episodes because we are shut in yeah, and a lot of other people are. And so I was thinking about things that we could do that would be kind of like little chunks of content that people could digest. And maybe that some questions could be part of that. So I think that's a good idea. People are yes. really needing something right now and we are producing things. So that seems like a good fit. Cool. And uh, before we leave the housekeeping, uh, I just remember Universal uh, Pictures is putting up yeah. three or four of their movies. Yeah, digitally. Uh, this is basically something that's supposed to have happened a long time ago i have wanted this forever same which is major movie releases just put your stuff on digital as well we'll go both places right now we can only go one place which is online and so the movie the hunt is supposed to be really weird and dark and oh, yeah, I was yeah, yeah check that out and now i can check it out on uh, universal pictures for like 20 bucks do you so, know if they are, are they releasing the invisible man on that digital deal as yep, well or? yep 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 uh, i want to see that and man i mean I know people might be like, 20 bucks, what? But, I mean, think about it. Like, that's a movie that's supposed to be out in theaters right now. You're not driving, so you're saving gas. You're not parking anywhere. And in Seattle, you pay for parking everywhere. You're not having to pay for your popcorn. You're not having to buy, like, the inflated snack prices. You're not sitting oh, yeah. with people you who are coughing Oh, yeah, you spend so much you. money. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You go to the movies, it's like 40, 50, 60 bucks easy, especially if you got, like, a spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend or kids or whatever. So, 20 yep. bucks... 
like you might think that seems steep, but when you compare it to actually going to the theater, that's actually a pretty good deal. No, it's done. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna buy. I'm gonna buy the hunt, and you get invisible. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, moving on. Let's do the podcast. All right, moving on. Here we are. <laughs> done video with housekeeping. Games. Done with odds and ends. Let's talk about some video games. Carlos, as usual, let's start you off with your random, cheap, and or free indie game, probably on PC. What you got for us this week, sir? This is a little bit uh, less cheap and not free, but it's also weird and has such a unique uh, thing about it that I basically this whole category is like unique as well as cheap okay. or free. Because if right. we look at all the ones I've done. They're like, what, a guy's in a guitar case and he's like shooting? Like, what is that game? It's just weird games. So I should probably call it just weird games. But this game is $14.99. Okay, so that's the, my probably most the expensive. the most expensive one you've ever featured. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But it's such a unique thing. It's called The Longing. The Longing. Okay, yes. interesting. So you play as a little character who gets created by this massive kind of stone god. Um I don't, he's just kind of a king. He's called the king or something like that. He's just this massive um, guy who has got power, supposedly. But he's got to go rest for a while to regain his power. And what he does is he spends his last bit of power on making you. Okay. Which is like this little teeny um, like dark character with the bright eyes. Um, I can't really describe him, but he's just like this unusual little big-headed, small-body guy. Little creature. And... He says, okay, now wake me up in 400 days. Oh, you know what? I think I've seen the trailer for this one now that you're describing it. Yes. Is this yeah. Is this a 2D side-scrolling sort of a thing? Yeah, 2D, and he walks around these little okay. cata- catacombs and stuff. And so he, he the, the king goes to sleep, and then you've got to walk around. You find your room right away. You have like a little room with a chair and some books and some drawings. And you can like draw pictures and read books and actually just read books. Some of the books in the in the library are like Moby Dick, like the whole book. Like is the actual text there? You yeah. Read the entire yeah, 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 book. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. what this game is, is a Zen meditative game because you have to wait 400 days for him to wake up. Is That's this real, real time or what? Real time, motherfucker. Oh, gee. Like, so you're not going to wake him up until like literally like no, 2021? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. How cool is that shit? It kind of reminds me of Seaman a little bit, where you were just checking back every day. Like, you're going to check back on this guy and read another page of the book, or what? Right. Well, what you do, basically... Oh, here's a couple really cool mechanics. You can... So, whenever you do anything, though, (laughs) everything's slow. Because, obviously, they know that you have a long time to go and do all... Like, search this whole castle. So, when you're drawing drawings, it's even super slow. You say, like, I want to draw this drawing. And he'll, like, slowly do it. And then you can put it up on the wall, wherever you want. And then when you read books, it's, you know, you're reading. But then when you're walking, it's, like, super slow walking. And you can, like, double-click anywhere for him to go there. And you don't have to, like, keep controlling him, right? He'll just go to wherever you picked. Okay. And then every once in a while, he'll say things. Um, He'll find pieces of chalk that he can use for his drawings. He might find, like, you know, books or other different things. And along the way, you'll just randomly find these really cool rooms. Like, one room I walked by was, like, full of treasure behind this glass. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. Anyways. And then <laughs> just kept walking. <laughs> but, like, it, the, the catacombs never end, and it's just crazy. And the saving is that every once in a while you have, like, a little save window. You can pick places that you are at that point, and you save that place that you are. So then you can, like, go back to that place at a later time. So, like, literally, but walk back to that place. Hmm. Not not like save state, like I'm there all of a sudden. It's like, I want to remember this really cool place with the treasure. Okay, I'll save that spot. And then later on when I'm in the castle somewhere else, I'll double click that and it'll bring me back to that spot. Will it bring you or does he have to walk back there again? He has to walk back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. These guys and are not fucking around. They're not fucking around. And also, the music's beautiful. I mean, there's like four tracks, but I never got bored of them. And, of course... Uh, give me a year you know i don't know yeah come back in 400 days we'll see how you feel about them huh but then secondly there's a little button that says go somewhere random and that's really close to the game that i want to make which i am making actually which we've talked about which is a robot that randomly walks around places and finds things it's the closest i've ever seen because you hit the button and then he just starts walking somewhere like in the castle and you just like could leave him and then come back and see where he he arrived. Interesting. 
Interesting. So the game is just a meditative uh, thing. It's relaxing. It's um, it's a little bit of a story. There's definitely things for him to find, but I just really recommend it. I mean, what game lets you do that? Like it's it's Sounds Zen. Super fascinating. Do you think it's possible that it could run on the Switch or no? I don't know. And by the way, when I say castle, it's actually just underground catacombs, like above, you know, below the real right, right, right. thing. So I, I, it's so huge. I guess it could. Oh, by the way, I think it's always running too. Oh, they, really? Okay. They made it sound like when I closed it, it was like, okay, cool, but come back whenever you want because he's going to be walking around. Interesting. Yeah, Anyways. I'm, I'm glad you explained this one, and I'm, I'm really glad you selected this one because I have now that you're talking about it, I have seen the trailer, and I like looking at it. It looked interesting enough for me to want to learn more about it, but when I read about it, like I just did not grasp what they were trying to say. But now that you're talking about it, I'm like, okay. I think I get it now. And it does seem really cool. It seems like something that I would love to have on the Switch where I would just, like, check in, like, for five minutes before I go to bed every night and kind of, like, get through the 400 days that way. I don't yeah. know that I would necessarily, like, go sit down in front of my PS4 and fire it up. But if it was, like, really handy and convenient, I think I probably would. I wonder if they have any plans. I don't know anything about it. But just PC for now, right? PC for now. So, yeah, check back. And um, it is it is that kind of thing where I just open it up for a little while. And then just, you know, kind of chill with him for a bit. And then I shut him off. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. Let's, the longing. The longing on PC. What would you get? Steam itch? Where'd you get it? Steam. Yeah, yeah, Steam. Okay, cool. We will check back in 400 days, and we will find out what happens. <laughs> nice. Well, it's less than that now. I've been playing it for 15 days, 20 days. So, you know. Okay. All right. We will, we will get back to this next year, and we'll see what yes. happens. I'm going to make a note. <laughs> check back next year. There we, we go. longing. Okay. Okay, moving on. Um, so as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I don't like I don't travel a lot, but I had a lot of um, business trips I needed to go to this year, and they were unavoidable. A lot of them were planned way long time before the virus happened. So I was thinking, oh, travel sucks, but I'll just get through it, no big deal. And then the virus hit, and I'm like, oh shit! Like I really don't want to travel, but I had to go. Like there was no way I could back out. It would have it would have fucked a lot of people over if I didn't go. It would have been a giant mess. So. We washed our hands like crazy. We held our breath. We tried to stay away from people as best we could. And I think we made it back, you know, knock on wood, virus free. But as I was out and about and traveling for the last couple of days, I went up to New York. I went down to Alabama and now I'm back and I took my switch with me. And so that's really all I've been playing for like the last 10 days. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, I went through so many switch games. Um, oh, yeah. I, I grabbed a bunch of stuff on sale. I, uh, you know, had some stuff that I bought from before and I was just, I wasn't really committed to anything. I just wanted to like do a little taste test and see what was going to strike me, if anything. Um, so the first couple I'm going to talk about here are just really random ones. And I got to be honest, folks, a lot of these that I tried, I ended up really not liking. So that's fine. I got them all on sale. It's, you know, no huge loss. But um, the first one I tried was Hair Mower 3D. That's uh, <laughs> great title. Great it, title. It is literally what you think it is. You play a little person with a lawnmower, and you are on a big ball of hair floating in space, and all you do is you mow that hair down. And when all the hair is gone, Jeez. it makes like a face or a shape or an animal or a thing. Um, I saw the trailer. I thought it looked really zen and cool and interesting, so I wanted to try it. And it is what it promises, but I kind of thought there'd be like, you know, you do a couple levels and then there's a twist or maybe there's uh, something interesting happens or maybe there's a neat story or something. And it's nah, it's just pretty much just it's mowing just hair. Yeah. I mean, I think I bought it for like two bucks or something, so I'm not mad. But I feel like they could have done a lot with that premise. And it's so neat and interesting and funny. I was really disappointed that it didn't really go more places. So uh, moved on from that one pretty quick. The next one was Vertical Drop Heroes HD which is supposed to be kind of a roguelike where you get into, um, I don't know, like a tunnel or something. It's like a 2D pixel-based indie. You start at the top, drop down, and when you get to the bottom of a pit, there's like a boss. You beat that boss, drop down to another pit, and you can never go back up. You can only go down, and so I guess that's supposed to be some of the strategy. Like, where do you want to drop? Like, what's below you? Is there a treasure to the left? Is there a monster to the right? Who knows? And so you kind of just do that. I kind of like the idea, and you know I like my roguelikes, so I gave this one a shot. Uh, bounced off this one pretty quick. The graphics are atrocious. They do not oh. explain the systems really well. And they're the like combat. scribble knots. They're like scribble knot uh, graphics. Yeah, like it's cartoony. like kind of like paper cutouty sort of uh, animation yeah. sort of thing. Um, I just none of it felt polished. None of it really made a lot of sense. It did not feel good to play. So I like the concept, uh, but I bounced off that one pretty quick. 
after that, I played Iron Cryptical, C-R-Y-P-T-I-C-L-E. I heard some people in my indie scene kind of talking about this one like it was something to pay attention to. So I bookmarked it and I grabbed it when it was on sale. I think I ended up buying for like a buck or two. So nothing, nothing too crazy. It is a top down kind of reminds me of like smash TV or Robotron 2084, kind of a twin stick shooter. I'm trying to think like, what's a more recent example of that kind of genre, Carlos, do you know? Oh, remember geometry wars, geometry wars. Yeah. yeah. Slower than geometry wars, but basically the same idea. You play a little knight. You can have up to three friends with you. So I think it's really just supposed to be kind of a multiplayer thing. I played solo. It was really dull. Like you just go in these little dungeons, stuff shows up, you shoot it, but it doesn't really matter. The power ups really boring. Nothing really seemed to happen. I beat the first level and I just, I forgot that I had even played it. I, it was just really, Jeez, really dull. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I, that's, I, that's I, the roughest. <laughs> I forgot I played it. It was in my hands and I was looking at the screen and I forgot that I was playing it. So that's how bad it was. Uh, but that's about it. So this is the first batch. I will come to another batch after this. But uh, those three okay. were not great. <laughs> you, but You lined them up and you shot them down. Yeah. I mean, just imagine me being like in an airport, like in Alabama somewhere and being like, ah, no, not this. Try this one. Ah, no, not this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Oh, I, I do that same type of thing right before bed. So I bring up my switch and I, you know, just go into the re- recent release section and go, okay, let, how about this? And then I go, ooh, no, maybe not. Yeah. But, but to our credit, um, you know, we do get codes in this show, but we spent a lot of money of our own. And I definitely don't mind it, especially because I'm supporting indie developers. Yeah. But even if I don't like a game, I've definitely bought a ton of them. So oh, yeah, they're dude. still getting our money, you know? So. Yeah. Abs- I mean, absolutely. And I was just going to say before people start thinking too poorly of me, I know that I, I do often skew negative on the show because I'm not afraid to call out a flawed game when I see it. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm buying a lot of these with my own money. And I, you know, I take a risk on some of these, man. Like, I just, I, I'm hoping. Given the benefit of the doubt, kicking a couple bucks to an indie developer, really hoping for the best that things are going to work out. So it's not like I go into these wanting them to be bad. I really, I genuinely hope that they're going to be fun. You know, it just doesn't always pan out. So it's not yep. like I'm looking for targets. I just, you know, didn't work out this time. No, but you all line right. all those guys up and shoot them down. We're going to do that one defense. more time. So hold okay. Okay. tight. I'll say some positives real quick. And Let's then get you some go. positives. Uh, so you're talking about Ruiner, which I have played on, I want to say PS4. Uh, but fill us in, Carlos. What is Ruiner? Where are you playing it? What's it about? Well, I was watching the new uh, Westworld, which, by the way, to my uh, amazement, because I was kind of uh, a little tired of the series in season two, I really like what they're going with with season three. And it's a sci-fi cyberpunk, like full-on cyberpunk. And when you do that, well, I shouldn't say full-on cyberpunk. It's not like, that's eh, pretty close. Okay, never mind. Uh, I was just having a conversation with myself. I'm back. Yes, it's very good. And it reminded me of Runer because I was like, what what cyberpunk games do I have on my PS4? Well, I have that game. And I remember loving it when I started it. But I was wondering why I stopped it. And I stopped it because a lot of my games I stop is because of difficulty. Uh, Probably a rage quit of some sort. But the the game is uh, like a top-down shooter that's in a cyberpunk world. Uh, you are a, as the game states, a wired psychopath that lashes out against corporate system to uncover truth and retrieve your kidnapped brother. Um, so definitely the whole thing is trying to find your brother. Uh, and in this really cyberpunk world, you run around and kind of a hub world that's very cool. I mean, this art style is awesome. It's cartoony mixed with realism. And again, top down slash three quarters view you're running around with a little guy who's got a helmet that changes, you know, on the faceplate. It's got like, like LED or something on his LED, face, yeah, right? Like it has yeah, different yeah. messages and stuff like that. Yeah, and you wake up basically being told to kill something, and you really do feel like you are in a video game. Your character's like being told to go kill the boss, and you just kind of do it because you are programmed that way. But then you wake up, and you've got to essentially find out who you are. Your all your powers are reset. And you have this really great skill tree that you have to start unlocking as you, you know, get experience. And the loop is so yummy. The bat, the fighting is really, really good. They say a twin six shooter, you can definitely shoot a million different weapons, but there's melee. And you know how I like me some melee. You are Mr. Melee. So there's many different melee weapons you find in levels too. So not only just your little tire iron that you start with, but you can find swords and flaming clubs and all sorts of things. And you have a dash ability. So literally you get into the matrix. 
Like there's a lot of these games where you kind of get into a flow state. And this is one of those games where you are going through a dungeon. Dungeon is basically like a like a mechanical world. So not real dungeon, but like just like a facility, let's say, or an underground parking garage. And you go in there and there's many levels uh, of an area locks off, fight bad guys, rinse, repeat. But in those little areas, there's like power ups, there's new weapons, and you are just dashing around killing people. Um, and it just feels really good because it doesn't, it feels like a twin chick shooter, but the melee really makes it feel like you can go right up to people and also fight them that way. So yes, it does get difficult. Um, I got to a boss and there's a lot of mini bosses and one of the bosses I can see, I was like, oh, this is probably who I rage quitted the first time I played this. And I beat that boss and I was filled with a lot of excitement and got tons more experience and was actually able to unlock a lot more abilities. So this game is very good. And I am uh, weirdly sad that I, you know, rage quit the first time. But if you are playing it and find something too hard, uh, try again because I think you'll beat it. And it's worth it because the world is really cool. Oh, and the last thing I'll say about it, the art that pops up, you know, like for the cutscenes, it looks just like old school Akira. It, uh, it very much does. I think they take I a mean, lot of cues. Oh, yeah. From Akira, for sure. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, really good. I'm, like, super surprised, and I don't remember, like, enjoying it so much as I did the first time, but... Well, it's funny you say that, because I played this game when it dropped on release, and I actually talked to the developers before it came out, and I saw them at PAX, and they were really cool guys. Um, and I played this uh, when it first came out, and I love the st- like the visual style is real strong, like uh, the LEDs on the helmet, the Akira style, lots of red, everything's kind of like cyberpunk and trashy. Like it looks really great in trailers, very badass. Um, but when I played it at release, it was like not only was it like really too hard in some spaces, but I just felt like there wasn't enough to it. Like you end up going into these hallways where you're just kind of doing the same thing over and over, and the story didn't really hang. But I bet you. I bet you that now that some time has gone by, I haven't been back to revisit it, but I would be not surprised at all to find out that the developers have been tweaking it and have been polishing it and changing it this whole time. I mean, that's just how games are these days. And, you know, like I always say, I mean, the best time to play any game is at least six months after release, if not a year. And I think it's been more than that for this game. So I would not be at all surprised to find out that this game feels significantly different than when I played it at release because I did finish it. But I did not have a very good time with it. I liked you finish it. it. Oh, I finished okay. it, yeah. And I was like, you know, I like the style, but I didn't like the way it played. It got really too hard and kind of fucking annoying. Um, but I bet if I went back to it now, I bet it would be a smoother ride. How long do you, would you say the campaign is? Not very long. Uh, just a couple oh. of hours as long as you don't die. And okay, so then that's lie. why. Yeah, because I started like getting really close to finding my brother. And I was like, already? <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I think that here's the thing. It almost feels kind of... It's a we're talking about too much, but um, short show. But I will say it almost is like to its credit, like an arcadey game. Very and I think arcade, it, yeah. I think if you accept that and don't think of it as like this adventure game, because it it, it, it puts the puts you in the between the two, and I think you go in going like this world is really interesting and this art's amazing. But, oh, it's just go in and kill things and then leave, yeah. go to the next one. It's really and, about, I, like, getting combos and stuff, you know? Like, right, it, right. It, 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 I felt like it kind of let the world down because it seemed, like, so full of potential. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's a very nice, very nice environment. But the gameplay is pretty focused on being arcade combos. Right. But I guess what I'm saying is that if you know that and that's all you want to do. Absolutely. I, it's fine because, like, I had this, like, desire all of a sudden to be, like, in this flow state. And just, like, see how good I could get. You know, the same thing happened with Rage 2. One of my favorite games of all time now. And I can say that. It really is. Um, that game gives me that flow state. I go in there and I go, ooh, bing, 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 to bing, to bing. Connection to connection. Shot to shot. You know, move over here, dash to dash. And it just puts you in this kind of matrix feeling. So that's what I get out of Runer. I talk about it too much. Check it out. Check it out. I bet you it is a much more playable game these days, and the style is off the hook. So Ruiner, I believe it's on basically every system. I don't think it's on Switch, but I think it's on everything else. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Let me go back to more. Wait, I should do do one more because I can do a quick one. All right, go ahead. Um, Do you know what I got coming? Are you going to talk about Tourist? No, I'm going to. The quick one is similar to Ruiner. It's Bloodroots. Oh, okay. Is that okay? Go ahead. Do that one. Yeah, just real quick because I did get to play that. 
And there's so many similar similarities to Runer. Um, the game is a cartoony game. I actually wanted to play it because of the trailer that's out, which is a really funny trailer that's just a cartoon of this this kind of, I guess he's a Viking warrior type guy. Yeah. And he, the video is um, this like kind of children's cartoon style of like, kill, kill, kill things. And you can use a vegetable, vegetable, vegetable. <laughs> you can use a ladder, ladder, ladder. And I was like, this is adorable. So I have to play this. And what it is, is you just go through killing enemies in all sorts of weird ways. And it's very contextual. So you go to an area where there's a bunch of guys and, you know, farmland and barns and, I don't know, chickens and stuff. And then all of a sudden you got to kill these people and, you know, that's it. And you have a basic weapon. Your weapons run out. So, like, you can hit something with a weapon, like, three times and then it's And this is it's like done. a top-down sort of thing, right? Top-down, cartoony looking. Okay. And when, you, but when you're running and dashing around, again, it's like a flow state like Runer. You kind of run and dash and flow around. You you hit things like a wheelbarrow, and it just contextually knows that it should put your character on it, and it should roll towards an enemy and destroy him. Or you run towards a ladder, and it just like puts you on top of the ladder, spins you on the ladder, and just puts you in the direction of enemies so that you'd like knock them out of the air. It's like everything you do and touch in the world kind of knows that you need to use it to kill things. Okay, does so that, they've got does a that make good, sense? like little yeah, like little auto auto focusing, auto aiming. Like if you're near an item, then the game knows, you know, you're only near that thing because you want to use it as a weapon. Therefore, like it auto targets the near sky or something like that. Yeah, even like um, there was like this wagon or something. I just jumped on top of the wagon. I didn't do anything. I didn't hit attack button at all. Right. I just jumped on the wagon. It just started rolling towards an enemy and destroyed him. Hmm. And I was like, this is really interesting. So the only caveat is you can't get hit once. Oh, is the single hit death game? Single hit death game, which I'm not a fan of. Okay. But like Meat Boy, it puts you right back into the game as soon as you die, like in seconds. Like so, how far back? Like how much do you have to redo? No, it's like it's similar to Runer where it's just areas. Okay. Right? So you do one area, you beat it or you die, and then you go to the next area. And you can start right at that new area. So uh, it's just really replayable. It's really fun. You don't care if you die. It's really interesting to see all the ways you can kill things. I know it sounds morbid, but uh, because it is like treating it very comical. It's like a cartoon. It's like a cartoon where everything around you knows that you probably want to use it to kill something. And I recommend it. I really do. It's something you can pick up for five minutes and get in this flow state of just going through a level very quickly. And then you can just put it down for a while. It sounds like it sounds like um, I mean, I'm guessing there's probably not a whole lot of story to it. Like, it's just about finding that rhythm and the, the control. I mean, I'm guessing the controls are probably pretty smooth. Like you're kind of every time I see a video of it, it seems like your guy is just like flying through a level, hitting things and things are kind of like exploding or something. And he's just kind of just moving really quickly, like Sonic the Hedgehog, but with like way more death in it. Yeah, I mean, you I feel like my inputs are like less than other games, right? Like I said, I'm jumping on something. It knows I want to kill something. It smashed it and killed the guy already. And now I jump on a ladder. It's already spinning because it knows I want to spin and knock everybody over. So I just kind of move a little bit to the right and it kills people. But that's not to say there's not challenge because, again, you get hit once and you're screwed. So And then also when you're finished levels, you go back to like your little home base and there's some cutscenes and you can like have these collectibles and stuff. So there's a little bit of that. But... In general, I, another recommend for me if you want to do a really quick flow state game. And that was Blood Roots. Uh, Blood Roots. Where are you playing it on? I'm playing that on PlayStation 4 as well. PS4. Okay, good. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, sounds good. Let me go give you another taste of the stuff that I played when I was on my trip. And uh, again, another cluster of Switch games. Uh, the first. Tell me, one... tell me some things you didn't like. Oh, man. The first one was Rift Keeper. I actually checked into this one because a friend of mine, Defunct Games on Twitter, said it was pretty good. And I'm guessing it's probably better on PC because I played it on Switch. Um, the art looked pretty sketchy, and I'm a real art snob when it comes to games. Like, I feel like if your game doesn't look good, there's a, probably a very small chance that it plays good because I just feel like you, you got to really take the time. you got to put in the effort. you got to really, you know, make it, you know, video games. Video is a big part of that. And if it doesn't look good, I'm just like, hmm. You got to prove yourself to me, right? So I was a little bit hesitant, but he said this was a good one. 
and I took him at his word. I don't think I agree with him, though. Or maybe it's just better on PC, probably. It is a 2D... I believe it's a roguelike, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for any roguelike. Uh, platformy slash roguelike 2D where you start off in some little town and they're like, hey, there's bad stuff going on in this dungeon. Uh, I mean, pretty generic so far. You get into the dungeon. <laughs> nice. I know, right? Hey, guys, there's bad stuff going on in this dungeon. Can you go fix it for us? And you know what to do. Like, there's not much setup to the story. Um, I bounced off it pretty quick because the graphics are tiny. It is so small on the screen. Like, it is one of those PC games where, like, it's probably fine on PC, but you needed to, like, do some work to make it fit better on the Switch, and they just did, like, a port. Text Dude, how many tiny. times? How I many times do we say this on this podcast? Every week. Literally every week we say that. Every the week. same thing. If you're going to bring a game to Switch, please make it feel comfortable on the Switch. Do not just do a straight port. Uh, hard to read the text. Hard to see the characters. It's really dark. And the combat just felt janky as fuck. Like, I could not get a grip with the combat enemies just rush you and i felt like there was no way to like really get away from them there's a dodge roll but i felt like it didn't work very well and the combat just the hitboxes are really hard to read and i was dying a million times it's just like zero fun and zero desire to see more of it so i bounced off of riff keeper pretty quickly i do not recommend that one um next is ego protocol i want to say it's ego protocol hd this is a puzzle game really interesting and that's what caught my attention like imagine your screen it's a 2d screen and it's divided up into like sections um like a checkerboard but not as many squares like you know maybe like i don't know like four squares across and four squares down and it's like you're looking at a, a maze 2d maze and you play as a robot who starts at one end of the maze and you have to move those squares around to make a path appear for the robot so you can rotate entire rows up and down or left and right to make sure that like, you know, oh, maybe there's a robot and he hits the dead end. But if you flip the third column over, it'll put a hallway there and then he can keep going. And then if you get him in the hallway and then you flip the second, you know, horizontal column or, or row, then it'll provide a path to the end. You know, like it's hard to describe, but mm. you're basically moving squares around to create a path for this robot on a 2D plane. Um, so that was interesting to me because I like little bite-sized experiences. I kind of like puzzle games uh, when they're done well. And I like robots, so it seemed like maybe this was my thing. Um, but the controls are really fucking hard to get a grip on. Um, some of them are contextual. Some of them are not. The buttons are all in really weird places. And I just have to just take a moment. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. If you are a developer, please do me a favor and do yourself a favor. And let us remap the buttons, especially if you're Ugh. only using a couple buttons. Like, if you're using... I mean, I think there's no excuse. I think you should do this for every game. But if you're using literally every control on the pad, plus you're doubling up, okay, maybe don't do that, or maybe just, you know, have some presets or something. But if you're using one or two buttons, or even four or five buttons, let me fucking remap these buttons, because you think you know better. I guarantee <laughs> you don't. You don't know what I want. You don't. And if you think you do, you're wrong. It's a so video games uh, staple. Uh, make your text bigger. And let us remap the buttons. God damn it. We shouldn't have to keep saying this every week. And we say it every goddamn fucking week. <laughs> Shit. It's simple. It is simple. And like uh -oh. I, the jump button was on a weird fucked up button. And like I couldn't remap any of the controls. And I'm like, I can't. I can't hang with this. I can't deal. I think um, I need to make a sound effect when you start getting like really mad. That like goes <laughs> off in the podcast. It's like some sort of like Brad alarm. Alarm or something. Yeah. Yeah. I just I felt it right then. I'm just like, dude, like I'm so frustrated with developers, especially indie developers where their game is real simple or at least the controls are simple. They use like three buttons, four buttons, and they don't let you remap it. And I'm like, oh, you're fucking crazy, dude. Like, and they always want to have like, oh, well, oh, you know, jump is uh, is ZR. Of course. Where else would it be? Oh, and of course. Shoot, shoot is like the select button. And, you know, it's like, fuck <laughs> shoot's off, dude. Shoot's never been the select button. Oh so let's, let's be honest. Let's I know, be honest. right? I'm just like, uh, why would you put it there? Why would you do that? I just... I, <laughs> you know the take picture button on your Nintendo Switch? That's, that's shoot. Yeah, no shit, dude. That's a that's I'm just like, button. oh, my God. Like, every time I shot, I'm uploading a fucking picture to Twitter. <laughs> like, anyway. They did that by design, by design. Oh, my God. I just, like, it's really frustrating. Really frustrating. Okay, that you didn't like um, it. Didn't care for it. Nice idea. But I just found it very clunky and awkward to play. I couldn't get into it, and I bounced because I didn't need the aggravation. Uh, the last game I'm going to talk about in this cluster was actually not too bad, but just not my jam. Uh, it's called Mousecraft. It's been around for a while. I think it's been on PC for a long time. I'm pretty sure it's on PS4. It's probably on Xbox One. You, you play this um, scientist in a lab. He's doing experiments with mice, and he wants to get them through these little 
2D mazes. And basically what this is a combination of, it's Lemmings plus Tetris. So I'm pretty sure everybody knows what Tetris is. Lemmings, maybe not so much. I mean, it was pretty big back in the day, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who have not played it. Basically, with Lemmings, you have a little uh, these little animals, these Lemmings. Although they don't look like Lemmings, they look like little people. And they walk from one end of a screen to another, and they're going to just die unless you, like, make sure they get there. So you need to, like, put things in their path to make sure they stay safe. Like, if they fall, you give them a little parachute. Or if there's a fire, you build a bridge over it or something like that. So the mice in Mousecraft are kind of like the lemmings. They walk forward. They just do whatever's in front of them. And you have to use Tetris blocks to build a path for them to go. Like, they will leap up one square. They'll jump down a couple squares without getting hit. Uh, there's little, you know, features in each puzzle that you have to activate or maybe avoid in order to get the mouse from point A to point B. I mean, it's cute. The graphics are really cute. Um, if you like puzzle games, I think this is, you know, not a bad one, but it just didn't click with me. Like, I just did not find the fun. And I don't say that as a criticism. I think it's more about me than about Mousecraft. I think that if you like the Lemmings games or if you want something that is kind of like this, like small bite-sized levels, little stars involved... Um, you know, something to, to do a little bit at a time, maybe settle in with it when you're on your couch at home. I don't think it's a bad game. I just didn't personally like it, but that's not really a criticism. It's just a taste thing. So, and this, and this is a port to switch because this is, uh, a, this came out a while ago. Yeah. A while ago. It's been around for a while, but it looks great on the switch. Good job on the graphics. Looks very sharp. Um, you would never tell it was not made for the switch. And I think it's a good fit for the screen. So, um, I, you know, I didn't personally like it that much, but I, that's not necessarily to say don't check it out. If you like puzzle games, if you like Lemmings, if you like the idea of using Tetris blocks to save little mice from getting killed, uh, check it out. And I think that you may find some value in Mousecraft. So not a win for me, but not a bad game. I think it's it seems kid-friendly. Kid oh, very, very much like, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the they might, it might be a little hard for kids, but I think kids would like it. It's very, very appealing. Yeah. Um, I got one more game, but Carlos, let's bounce back to you for a second. Let's talk about Tourist, T-O-U-R-Y-S-T. Now, a friend of mine, uh, Scott Fry, who is a PR person that I've known for a million years, he really likes this game a lot. That's how I found out about this game. So I believe I bought it, but I don't think I've even played it yet. Uh, are you, did you buy it? Is there a demo? Where are you playing this? What is, what is Tourist all about? Yeah, I think it's only on the Switch. Is that right? I have no idea. No, no oh. clue. I did no um, research. I didn't research either. I'm not going to do it here on the show because that would be against our code. Our code is we code. Do, don't do research. Um, the Tourist, uh, I'm playing on the Switch. I bought it. Uh, I've been putting it. It's on my wish list forever. Um, it, it looks so beautiful. I knew that I'd like it. And um, and I'll tell you about it right now. Yeah, I bought it on the Switch. It's my right before bed game until Animal Crossing comes out. Then that will be my before bed game. But it is uh, kind of a cross of Zelda and Earthbound and a voxel style. So like really super obvious big pixels. I think they call it voxels, right? Like are you talking Minecraft sort of thing? Yeah, but like smaller blocks. Okay, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I guess I don't know what to call that. I think voxels. I think that's voxels. But um, the little guy like that and all the world is made like that. And it's also fucking beautiful. I remember watching a video saying that this company, uh, Shinen Multimedia, they work on a ton of games and a lot of their games, they make sure to lock it at like 60 frames per second, like no matter what, and they do. It's like anything you do in that game is just smooth as shit. And all the lighting is really incredible. They do like volumetric lighting and it almost looks like ray tracing at times. It's like really incredible lighting. And all in a simple, you know, really simple uh, looking character and, and world. And what it is you go to different islands as a little guy and you are just doing stuff on the islands that are like kind of puzzles or challenges, but they're all kind of t contextual to where you are. So the first island, you're just running around, going into like houses, finding coins. And then you find like a dungeon-y kind of area that has a puzzle to get into it. Once you get in the puzzle or in the dungeon, there's kind of a Zelda thing that happens where there's a a boss kind of character and you've got to do like a puzzle element to beat this boss then you get some more coins and can buy something at the store uh hold, hold on a second this is this is blowing me away because when i watched the trailer for this it looked to me like it was just kind of like one of those you're on an island just doing random mini games and having a fun chillax experience. No, no, no. This isn't that that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that trailer really gave me the wrong impression then because I thought that was a totally different experience. 
Um, well, you're not fighting things. Don't get, don't get me wrong. When I said Zelda, it's not like you're going in and, and killing things. In that dungeon area, there's just kind of a monstery type thing, but you're like just doing a puzzle to to defeat him. Um, but it's just because you need to get something to buy something at a store. So it kind of goes back and forth between exploratory and then like Earthbound, which is like this is just a real world and it's a beach and there's like a store and you need to buy a camera. And then when you buy a camera, you can take pictures. So it really keeps opening up itself, like really interesting puzzles that lead to different mechanics. But it is also really relaxing. Because oh, okay, like okay. say when you say I beat that little area, right? The first island is really small. There's like I think something you can't get to, so you have to like come back to it kind of style. And then you get back on the boat and you're like, Okay, boat guy, take me somewhere else. And then I went to a club a club. I went to an <laughs> well, I went to an island where there was like um, a dance floor and everyone's like out in the beach like dancing and there's a DJ and he's like, Hey, if you can help me get this party started really good, like I'll give you something you need. Right. Well, he so, has the right man, obviously, because what does Carlos do other than get the party started? Oh, I get the party started. I know and you I do, did. dude. Absolutely. Yeah. That's literally my middle name. Carlos get the party started. Rodella. <laughs> Your mom but, is so funny. Uh, my what? Your mom is so funny. What do you mean? She she gave you that middle name. I mean, oh. how prescient is that? That just threw me for a loop. I'm like, how do you, do you know my mom? <laughs> I mean, she's a really great artist, but I don't know if she's like funny. I mean, naming your kid get the party started really makes a statement. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. So back to the game. <laughs> so in that setting, you would like you know literally turn on like the the air horns and the and like the crazy colored lights, and you're like running around doing all these like things to literally like raise the party like like meter. And then when you do that, you would get something from the DJ. So there's all these little games. And there's, like, video game arcade and, like, Earthbound-type feel to it. It is phenomenal. And it is, um, I don't know how it's a missed gem, but it is. And it's, everybody should be having it. Everybody should get this game. Maybe it's a missed gem because that trailer didn't sell it. Because, man, hearing right. you talk about it, I'm like, this sounds amazing. I want to go play this literally right now. It's dope. But it's I dope. I did not get that impression at all from the trailer. So maybe they need a better trailer. Or I don't know what happened. Maybe it got lost in the shuffle. But... I mean, if it wasn't for Scott Fry telling me about it, I don't think I would have even known it existed. But now that I'm hearing you talk about it, I really want to go fire it up. Dude, and just because it's like like Animal Crossing right now. You want to go escape to a little world and you know have this kind of escapism. It's perfect for that because all the graphics, again, I can say it right now, they look better than Animal Crossing. Easy. Like, they're the probably the best graphics in a voxel style that I've seen on the Switch. Like, it just feels like you can almost reach reach through the screen and like, oh yeah, that's a little store. I can see that little arcade game. You know what you should do right now, dude? You should literally, like as soon as we get done with this recording, you should tweet. Tweet about this. Like tag in the developer and put, you know, say something like, hey, if you can't, if you're tired of waiting for Animal Crossing, this is your jam. Because there's a million <laughs> people who really want to play Animal Crossing. It's not out as of the recording uh, right now. But I think a lot of people would be really hungry for something like this, and maybe this would be a good chance to give these guys a little bit of spotlight. I will. I'm, I was going to tweet after this episode is out, but you're right. There's one more day before Animal Crossing, so I'll, I'll ping him after this. Um, we're short on time, so that's it. That's my that's my thing. Get the tourist with a Y. Um, it's really fucking good. Wonderful. Okay, one more game to talk about. We're going to finish with plenty of time here. Uh, I want to talk about Broken Lines. Uh, this is a World War II turn no not really turn-based tactical it's a tactical game top down you have a squad of soldiers basically the story is that you get shot down over enemy lines this is not um axis versus allies this is kind of like a fantasy world where the the bad guys are these weird like guys who wear uh, gas masks and they speak a language that is that is not german it's just some kind of weird language that nobody understands um so your team gets shot down behind enemy lines and you have to regroup with your people and they uh, gather between missions and talk about things. So there's a lot of story. Uh, people on your squad have relationships with each other. So some people work better with others when you team them up. Some people don't like the other people on the team, so they don't like to work together. Uh, but it's top down. And when you go into a map, it's got a very interesting combat system. It's very reminiscent of something like uh, Frozen Synapse. Have you ever played Frozen Synapse? That sounds familiar. I don't, I don't, I don't remember, though. Uh, well, so what happens is with this, with this game, you, everything stops. You position your people where you want them to go. Like, you can click a button and say, hey, soldier number one, I want you to run behind this bush. 
and then take a couple shots. Soldier number two, I want you to run behind this log and just duck down. Soldier number three, I want you to fire your sniper rifle, and then we'll see how that goes. So you, you tell each person what to do, and you have a number of different, you know, everybody's got, like, different weapons, different skills. And as soon as you get done with that, you click the button, and then everybody goes at once at the same time, including the enemies. So, like, you may have planned something. But maybe the enemy is not where you thought they were going to be. And oh, so maybe yeah, your yeah, shot's yeah. going to miss. Or maybe the enemy rushes you instead of running away like you thought they were going to. Um, and if anything weird happens, this is, this is actually one of the genius things. If anything really weird happens, like if you come across an enemy that you didn't know was there, like you get surprised. Or if something strange happens, it stops again. And it gives you a chance to give them different orders. So you're not just sending your guys to die every time. Because a lot of games have tried this system where... You, put, you plan what you want to do, enemy plans what they want to do, and then everybody goes at once. And a lot of times the AI has a real advantage because they know what you're doing. You know, I mean, it's the AI. And sometimes it's just really hard to predict where they're going to go. I find that those systems don't often work that well. But in this particular game, I think the difficulty levels are pretty good. You can um, adjust a lot of features where you can say, uh, I don't want the enemies to ever do any special moves, or I want to be able to revive my guys. You can also have it be permadeath if you want to. Um, but you can tweak it to find a good good comfort zone for yourself. And I think that the the combat, once you get into it, is really pretty good. Very interesting. And I like the feeling how they've done it this time of like everybody going at once. I don't usually like it, but I do like it here. Um, Wait, I have so a question. So yeah. when, after they go all at once, can you pause it ever? Or is it just when like it decides that it wants to stop the game? I think it goes... I may be incorrect. I think it goes in six-second chunks. So, like, you can plan out the next six seconds of action. Oh, okay. And then once that six seconds stops, the whole game stops, including the bad guys, and you just get to, like, re-figure out what you want to do again. Okay. So you're just planning, like, six seconds at a time. It may not, you know, maybe seven seconds, eight, whatever. But it's basically just a very short, you know, couple seconds of a battle. So if you were to play the whole battle out in real time, it would be, like, one minute or something. But by breaking it up into six-second chunks and taking your time to plan, it could be you know take a lot longer than that because you're strategizing with like four characters at a time mm. and moving them around so it's pretty strategic i really like the strategy you know what it reminds me of is super hot um and the fact that you're planning stuff and also transistor remember transistor yeah yeah where you kind of like pick your path and then you let it see what happens yeah i think that's those are pretty good call outs i think there are definitely similarities um to both of those things so not exactly the same but if you like that kind of like planning ahead stopping time looking at things and then things pick up and everything goes at once uh, yeah i think there's definitely some some shared uh vibe going on there so i like the writing too also um i wasn't sure about the art i think the art is maybe a touch too cartoony for my taste but it's not bad and i'm kind of it's kind of growing on me and uh everybody in your party has a real personality like in one guy's like the scared guy the sniper lady doesn't like to have friends you know one guy's a real like bro dude and you know they're archetypes but you can tell pretty quickly who they are and you can figure them out give them all different roles and i think it works really well there's definitely enough story to keep things moving along and um i think it's it's just a pretty good strategy game now the one caveat that i would say is that i'm playing it on the switch and the only choices were switch or pc so i don't play anything on the pc so i chose switch i gotta say i gotta just be real real honest here i feel like the graphics are a little bit muddy on the switch i feel like it could use a couple more horses under the hood it's not terrible like it's, it's totally playable i'm still playing it i'm still having a fun time with it i like it but i feel like it would benefit from being like on a bigger tv and having a little bit more power um i know that dan weissenberger at game critics is playing it on pc and i've seen some screenshots and it looks a lot better on pc i mean understandably that's no surprise to anyone but if there's no other way for you to play it, play it on Switch because I think it's worth playing and I really like it. I have not finished it, uh, so I can't say if it stays good all the way through. But the parts that I've played have been so far really excellent. Uh, but I am a little bit dissatisfied with the muddiness of the graphics and I wish that it just had a little bit sharper look to it. So I find but you it like be, it, but you I like mean, it. Yeah, I still like it. I just, you know, I wish it looked a little bit better than it does, but I do like it. But if you have a choice, I would say maybe go for PC instead of Switch. Okay, yeah. I was going to be like, uh, all of them were uh, lining them up and striking them down, but you like that one. No, I do like Broken Lines quite a bit. And it's been a while since I've played a really interesting strategy squad-based game like this. So I'm trying to think of the last one I played. Maybe, uh, oh, God, what was it? Blade of the Shogun? That's not right. Blade of the Shogun? That's not right. Uh, yeah, I haven't played one like this. Like, I mean, you, you just talking about it actually gets me excited for that style because I feel like I haven't played a lot of those types of games recently so i think fun. you might actually like this one dude if you want a good tactics one you can there are enough toggles to make it approachable for anybody 
and you can make it real 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 easy if you want it to be or you can also ramp up the challenge if you want but i think it's interesting enough between the story and how the action plays out each level that i think you might actually enjoy this one and uh i would definitely recommend it to other people who like tactics games especially if you like frozen synapse it is very similar to frozen synapse which i thought was great just really really too hard um, so this is like a better version of that same system because it's actually a lot easier, which I think in this case is is fine. So cool. Yeah, broken lines. Yeah, broken lines on PC and Switch. I give that a thumbs up so far. I haven't finished, but a thumbs up. So um, just one little thing left to do uh, before we wrap up the show. Uh, we generally bring you the segment where Carlos discusses what's coming up for him on the horizon. It's Carlos's eye on game field. Oh, that was Mario. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you changed up your tune this week. <laughs> I know. It'll uh, be like that. Okay. Uh, anywho, uh, obviously on my Ion Games field is Animal Crossing and Doom, which drop in a day and a half. You and everybody recording. else on Earth. Yes. And again, both very timely for us to be able to have an escape. Uh, also, you can have escape with the tourist. And to kill a bunch of bad monsters uh, in Doom... Little caveat with Doom, uh, I watched a whole great video on that series and the creative director telling his team when they were making that game to watch Evil Dead 2, uh, which I think is really cool. Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it Evil is Dead 2. ridiculously funny horror so good. and ridiculously gross, but the gross is okay because you know it's stupid. Um, and if you know the whole story, he was making fun of his first movie, which is essentially essentially the same movie, but with no budget. So he made fun of the fact that he had no budget. That's a little funny side story. Anyways, the creative director was talking about like basing all the ridiculousness and the horror and the gross uh, killing in Doom based on that. So if you look at the way you kill things in that game, it's actually ridiculous. Like it, there's humor to each part of it if you actually look at the meaning of it. So I won't go into it now, but that makes me like more accepting of how ridiculously gross it is because I generally don't like fighting or playing games that are like just gross for gross sake. You know my stance on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you're not a big you're not a big gore guy. But this one I'm excited because of that. Like you know what I mean? It makes it me makes it more palatable for me. That makes anyway, sense. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, All right. Two two things I'm actually looking at though right now that I'm excited about, which is not what everybody in the world is talking about, is this uh, Strange Realm of Mine, which is a first-person shooter mixed with poetry and psychological horror. What? This yes. Realm of mine. I've never even heard of this one. If it's weird, I've found it. This Strange Realm of Mine, it's on the Switch, and it's oh, out wow. now. Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. I gotta go hit the I gave you a, as soon as this is over. I gave you a little bonus, a little present. <laughs> and you get you gave me that present. What was you gave me the tactical present? I already forgot broken the broken lines. Broken, broken lines. lines. And I gave you that present. Uh, the right. strange realm of mine. I'm very excited. It's uh, downloading. I'm going to check that out uh, because it just watch the trailer and you'll be like, "What is this game?" And that's always the game I pick up. And also, I was sent a potential code for Succubus, which is a oh play- man, I just watched oh, the trailer for that last night. What does oh man mean? Usually that means like it's a hot piece of garbage. No, no, no. I mean, oh. uh, no, I, I I was just watching the trailer and I, you know, I'm not really big on gore either. Like I'll play a game. I mean, I think Mortal Kombat's fine. I think it would be fine without the gore. I, I watch horror movies, but I tend to not watch like the, the gore porn. I like, you know, yeah. you know, different types of horror movies. And I was watching this one and within like the first couple minutes, I was just like, oh God, like just. Does it really? I don't yeah. remember it being that gross. Um, the only reason I liked it is because you played a demonic princess, or what was it, demonic princess, or queen, or something? Yeah, it said princess, demonic woman, and uh, or woman person type thing, because I think you're part monster, and you do melee and magic, and you're like in hell or something. So like yeah. I don't know, just an interesting concept. I always like it look to something that seems out of the ordinary. So it, it is way out of the ordinary. And uh, their first game, which came out before, um, I I am not. Oh man, I cannot remember what it's called. This is the second game in this series. They did one that was right before this. Oh really? I think it's called Agony. I believe Agony was the first. Oh, one. this is the people who made Agony. Okay, now I'm afraid. 
Because I know what agony was. Oh, this no. This looks like Agony Plus, where it's just like more of oh, everything. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, I'm, looking, you... I'm looking at pictures right now and going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit much for me. Okay, and wait, I'm can I? Yeah, I've never done this before, but can I take something off my eye on games? Absolutely. You're canceling it? Yeah, Machine broke. Ooh. Okay, let's just go back to the first one I said, which was this strange realm of mine, and I'm done. All right, fair enough, fair enough. First ever revocation from there was, there was, yep. All right, folks, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, just a short one this week. We'll be back next week with our regular format. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, yes. In the meantime, we would, as always, love your questions or comments. You can reach us so video games podcast at gmail.com. You can post comments for us at Game Critics once the show goes up. That's gamecritics.com. We are also on Twitter as a show collectively, at Sovideo Games, but you can reach us individually. Carlos, where do you want people to reach out and find you this week? Oh, I haven't thought of it. Um, hey, you know what? You should download my game. More people, more people, the better. It's called Hero and Cat, H-I-R-O-N-C-A-T-T. Just Google it, and it's like the first result. It's a text adventure, interactive text adventure about a guy and his talking cat and a group of friends. And it's c- kind of like adorable. I mean, I I wrote it, so it's weird for me to say that, but uh, <laughs> you but know, neutral and unbiased. Yes, but it's also like about our current political climate too. And um, I would love you to play it. So check that out. Excellent. Go check out Hero and Cat. Uh, as for me, you can reach me at the usual places on Twitter and on Instagram. It's my name, B R A D G A L L A W A Y. All A's, no O's. You can also check out my writing on GameCritics.com. I'm going to be posting some stuff there. And that is it for us, folks. Thank you once again for joining us here at the So Video Games Podcast. We will be back next week. I have no trips coming up, and I think that we're going to be spending a lot of time at home, so I feel like maybe we're going to have some bonus episodes or something. We'll see. We'll see. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. (laughs) And this is Bye from Carlos, but this is the part where I never, ever end the podcast like I'm supposed to. And I just say more things, and Brad goes, what's he going to say now? I'm wondering. to your point... Um, yes, please check back this thread. Uh, if you find us on Spotify, if you find us, find us on whatever platform you're watching, um, uh, SoundCloud, check back because don't wait a week because we might do some little snippets. I have this idea to do these little kind of chunks of So Video Game Podcast because we have so much time at home. We are self-quarantined and we got time, yo. Yeah, so besides... Um, Yeah, besides the main episode, look for other stuff. So check the feed. TBD. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then, bye from Christ.